0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives.
1: And to get us started today, I want to start with a video, and it's actually a video clip of a conversation between uh, Bruce and God in the movie Bruce Almighty. So take a look at this and start our conversation today. Bruce? There we go.
0: You have the divine spark, you have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know, I created you. Quit bragging. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. What do you want me to do? I want you to pray, son. Go ahead. Use them. Um Lord, feed the hungry. And bring peace to all of mankind how's that? great if you want to be Miss America (laughs) now come on what do you really care about? through your eyes. Now that's a prayer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's good. All right. Now it's, it stops there, but if you've seen the movie, that's where they go. It's good. Like that together. Just like that. All right. um, And so I use that clip to start today because we are going to talk today about, you probably can guess it. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about prayer today, and uh, if you noticed in that video clip at the very beginning, it was a long clip, so you may have missed it, uh, but in the beginning of that clip, uh, Morgan Freeman, who plays God, God says to Bruce, he says, I want you to pray, son. Did you catch that? He said, I want you to pray, son, uh, and if you, if you don't know this, many of you in the room, I know you know this, but God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray, and not just like the uh, like beauty pageant type prayers, right? Like he was even telling Bruce that in the clip, right? But but deep, meaningful prayers. He wants us to pray. And so in some ways, in that clip, God was teaching Bruce how to pray, which is what we're gonna talk a lot about today is how to pray. But before, before we do that, I wanna talk about why prayer is important. So just a couple of verses. Colossians uh, 4.2 says, devote yourselves, that's important, devote yourselves. That means there's a, an intentionality, a drive to go after. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Many of you probably know this one. Pray a little bit. No, pray continually. And then Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they, and I love this part, that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray. See, God wants us to pray. And not only does God want us to pray, but we actually, we actually need prayer. Okay, we need prayer. It says in this, uh, Matthew seven eleven. It says, uh, come up on the screen. It says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who, look at that, ask him, who pray. So what this is saying is to say, it says, if you then, though you are evil, and if you don't know this, every single one of you, you are messed up. I am messed up. We are born into this life of sin. The, the negative, negative things that we do and we say and we think and all those kinds of things, we are all born with it. It's not something that we can get rid of except for with a relationship with Jesus. And it says, though you are evil, though we are born with this, if we ask him, he will give us good gifts. And so we need, folks, we need prayer. And not only do we need prayer, but others need it too. A couple other verses. James 5, 16. Uh, uh, Tyler just read this in our worship time. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And look at this, pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. In fact, to see pr- prayer for others, praying, all right, could also, can ultimately mean for some in certain situations and circumstances, could mean healing. Makes it pretty important in my mind. Wouldn't you agree? And then one last verse, 1 Timothy 2 says, I urge you then, first of all, that prayers, petitions, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for just a couple of people. No, for, for all people. For all people. And so I'm interested this morning, as I was working on, on the teaching this week, and I was thinking there's probably some of you in the room that uh, as you think about prayer, you would go, yeah, I pray a lot. If, would you raise your hand if you pray a lot? Just raise your hand. Yeah, a couple of you in the room. All right, I was actually thinking about Kelly Haynes. Kelly is probably in the room somewhere. Uh, she's over here somewhere. Oh, uh, she's right there. So Kelly Haynes, I was thinking of Kelly this week. If you don't know Kelly's email, her email address is made for prayer. <laughs> See, Ke- Kelly prays a lot. That's why she's in charge of our prayer crew here at the church. Uh, first service, Brooke Brown was in, in, um, in, in the service. And if you know anything about Brooke Brown, man, Brooke Brown is a prayer. She gets down on some prayer, right? So there are some of you, I know that some of you, you're, you're like, you, you're into prayer. That's your thing. But how many of you would say, even if you're not, that you always could, use more prayer. Anybody? Oh yeah, come on. We could all use more prayer. Praying for us and us praying for other people. And so, uh, because it's, and the reason that is, is because prayer is valuable. And it's valuable because it changes things, because it connects us to a holy God. And so because of that, I thought it would be, it'd be a good idea for us to talk about prayer and how to do it better and understand it a lot more. So I want you to hold that thought. We started a series here last week called Beautiful Things, ways to get up close with Jesus, and what we're doing in this series is we're taking a look at some things. What I've kind of labeled beautiful things uh, that we can do, just like the woman did. We looked at last week in Matthew 26, who brought a a a jar of perfume and poured it on the the head of Jesus. We're looking at these things that we can do, ultimately, that are beautiful things in order to get close to Jesus, because getting close to Jesus is important. It's very, very important. And so today we're going to talk about this beautiful thing that is prayer and uh, more specifically, how to pray. And uh, I don't know about you, but it's something that I've had to, prayer is something that I've had to learn and to get better at. Um, do you ever remember, some of you in your room, you'll relate to this. Do you, have you ever remember like the first time you ever got asked to pray out loud? And how freaked out you were, right? Like, oh, what do you mean I gotta pray out loud? You know, I might have to write it down, write it on my hand, something like that, right? Uh, I remember the first time I got, got asked to pray out loud and uh, I think I fumbled over my words a little bit. I really couldn't tell you because I think I blacked out a little bit. Um, <laughs> You know, I fumbled over some words and whatever and all those kind of things. But as I've, as I've been walking in this life with Jesus and, and I've been figuring out more how to pray and what prayer really is. Man, I tell you what, uh, just even last night I was over at my uncle's house to celebrate my aunt's 60th birthday. And uh, he walks by me just nonchalant and say, hey, can you pray for dinner? And I'm like, yeah, let's pray. Right. And so like then we gather up when we pray. And so like it's gotten easier to pray. Because as you walk it out and you learn more about it. And so I'm really excited today. Um, I'm sure you can't tell that at all. Um, but I'm super excited today because I think it's, it's a, a good thing for us to talk about and to press into. So let's jump into our text today. Uh, Matthew 6, 5, a couple verses there says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, the title of our talk this weekend is uh, Prayer More Than a Request. And what we're going to do today is we're going to explore two things from this text that really I, I hope you'll see that make prayer simple. Makes, makes it simple, super, two super very practical things today that we'll share, uh, that will help us engage more when it comes to prayer, ultimately get close to Jesus and just really engage in this beautiful thing. And today, just so you're aware, uh, I mentioned this last week, uh, today I'm actually going to have Matt Jakeway. He'll be coming and actually helping me co-teach this today. And uh, if you've been around the last few months, we've been doing a lot of co-teaching, things like that. Uh, Often I usually do the introduction and point one, and then they come and do point two. But today we're shaking it up on you. All right. Today he's going to actually come and do point one, and then I'm going to come back and do point two. We're just going to keep you on your toes this morning. All right. So just want to let you know that's going to be happening. Uh, Super excited to have Matt uh, teaching with me today. So before I bring Matt up, I want to pray, and then we'll bring Matt up. So let me pray. So God, we, uh, we're just in awe of your presence among us this morning as we get to worship you. Uh, we know, God, that there are places all over the world where a meeting like this would be very hard to have. And so we're just grateful that we can come and, and to worship you and honor you and to meet with you this morning. God, we pray that as we look deeper into uh, this text in Matthew and ultimately about the, this, this beautiful thing of prayer, God, we pray that you would uh, do something supernatural among us. God, that it wouldn't be of Matt and I today, but only because of you and your power. That you would do something in us that we and, and give us things that we didn't have when we came in the door this morning inside of us. We honor you with today and ask that you just show up and do show up and show off, God. We pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, I'm going to have Matt come up here in just a second, but I want to introduce Matt uh, briefly. Some of you may not know Matt. Matt and his wife, Celia, have just started to join us here at Cornerstone over the last couple of weeks. Um, They were over at the Vineyard Mishawaka for a long, long time. But Matt and I have actually known each other for a really long time. Uh, He and his brother David actually went to Mishawaka High School with all the Porman kids, uh, which was something to – we should just pray for Matt, really (laughs) – At one time, my brother was a senior, my sister was a sophomore, and my twin brother and I were, were freshmen at Mishawaka. And so anybody that had to go to school with all four Pormans, man, they just need some, need some serious prayer, right? Um, but, uh, but Matt and I, um, so we've known each other a long time. And so this week, it was, it was really cool kind of a cool moment. Uh, Matt came over on Wednesday. We started to kind of work on the teaching a little bit for today. And we just decided, hey, before we start, we're going to pray because we wanted to pray and have God's blessing over what we're doing today. And as, as we began to pray, something really, really weird happened to me. I began to weep. And I began to weep because I had this thought. Matt and I have known each other for 20 plus years. And I'm even getting chills even talking about it now. I could have never guessed 20 plus years ago that he and I would be here doing what we're doing right now, preaching the God, God's word to a church of uh, a body of believers and what amazing rescuing power God has. Matt's gone through some really challenging things in life. God's rescued him. I've gone through really, ch- and God has rescued us to the point where now we can stand up and preach together, which has been really amazing. So just began to weep about that, and so I am really excited to have Matt uh, teaching with us today. So why don't you give Matt a round of applause as he comes and teaches with us today.
0: Thanks, Matt. It's kind of exciting and humbling and, and sobering all at the same time when Matt and I can get to a point in our lives where we can literally say we've known somebody for 20 or 25 years. (laughs) But it's good. Um, What do you say? Oh, I am, like you said, I am Matt Jakeway. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. What do you say we jump right in? Anybody got a pen? Pens? Yeah? First fill in the blank. Prayer is made simple because we are told where to pray. Prayer is made simple because we're told where to pray. Hi, Eric. My boy just walked in. It's good to see him here. Let's look at Matthew 6, verse 6 specifically. Matt just read this a minute ago. Matt and Matt are teaching on Matthew today. That's... (laughs) When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I know I'm not the only one in the room that does this, but occasionally I will flip through a couple of different translations. This one really spoke to me this week, the message translation. Same verse, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play. Those two words jumped out at me before God. That's a direct reference to the folks in the previous verse who were in the synagogues and on the street corner drawing all the attention they possibly could to themselves. God's telling us, don't do that. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God, or it may shift from me, or it may shift from us to God. And then you or we will begin to sense his grace. So we're told very clearly where to pray. We're to go alone and do it in secret. Now, I can only... Uh, speak with you about experiences in my life. And if it's okay, I'd like to kind of unpack what this looks like for me. Is that all right with you guys? I'm glad you said yes. I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I live on the south side of Mishawaka, and I work on the south side of Goshen, a little factory called Stair Supplies. And if I hit all the green lights, it's a 30-minute trip from the driveway to the parking lot. I don't hit the green lights, it goes a little bit longer, and then I'm like, man, i got to try harder next time to hit the green lights. But in that time frame, that is the one block of time I have in my life, in my day, where I don't have any interruptions. I keep the radio off on purpose. I have three children at home, eight and under. None of my children are coming up to me and showing me what they're doing right now. Daddy, take a look at this. Daddy, I want you to see that. I don't, have the f- I don't use any phone calls. I don't do any text messages. Texting and driving, bad idea. But anyway, I don't have any of the chaos that's going to be in the office when I get to work happening yet. That is just my time. And that's where I pray and talk and communicate with God. And I t- we, we, we go over anything and everything that's happening. Nothing's off limits. And it's a time quite honestly, where I can get very frank and very candid with the Lord. Now, let's pause that example for a second. Somebody in here, please tell me who it is that you find it is like the easiest in the world to talk to. Somebody, anybody, huh? Sister, Sister. what's your name, sir? I'm sorry, Harry, Harry. why your sister, Harry? She's She's real close, okay, one more, anybody else, give me an example, who it is in your life that's easiest to talk to dad. Noah, why your dad? Uh, an adult, he's, become my best friend. he's become your best friend once you got a little bit older and realized exactly how smart he was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for that to happen with my children. <laughs> so Harry with his sister and Noah with his dad, your best friend and you're really close. What's the underlying foundation that that's built on? You're intimate. You don't have anything to hide. You know know each other very well. There's no veil between you. Okay, now let's turn this, instead of this way for us, let's turn it this way. It's the same exact thing with the Lord. He knows me better than my wife does, better than my kids, better than my wife, better than Noah's dad does, better than Harry's sister does. You can't hide anything from him. So why wouldn't you be frank and candid? He knows our hearts. Okay? Now there are times in my life where I've been really frank and candid and and particularly I I, I carpool with a guy named Joey now he's uh lives about a mile from me and then there's been times where I've carpooled with James about a year and a half ago and I've told each of them as we're going back to my example where I'm driving to work in the morning I've told each of them I said guys I don't want you to take this the wrong way I'm not going to talk to you during this half hour I'm going to ignore you because I've got some work to do over here and this is my time to talk to God And like I said, it's very frank and it's very candid. And oftentimes it is um, silent. And there are plenty of times also where it it comes out vocally. And God bless James, I scared him to death once. He usually gets up in the morning and he gets to the car and then he would take a nap on the way into work because he knew I was busy. And there was one time I literally said these words out loud in my conversation with God. I said, you've got to be freaking kidding me. James woke up, he got scared, thought a truck was coming across the median, we were going to get hit head on. (laughs) Is anybody else in here, do you feel comfortable that you have that kind of relationship with God that you can literally say, you got to be freaking kidding me and you understand each other? There's another guy that goes to church here that I work with. Not long after he hired in, I was showing him around and I could feel the Lord pulling on my heart saying, you need to stop and pray with him. And I had every intention of doing it. But I wasn't doing it with the same urgency that the Lord wanted me to do. And I felt that call getting stronger and heavier in my heart. And I literally said these words. Okay, give me a break. Let me put the board down and I'll pray with him. Okay? Do you have that kind of intimacy? Now, I want to make sure that, excuse me, I'm sorry, my mistake. Let's look at another verse. Luke chapter 22, New Living Translation. This is where Jesus is in the garden, okay? He went there with the disciples, and then he went away with the, the close three, and then he went away for himself to pray before he's about ready to be betrayed, arrested, crucified, all that stuff. Jesus is in the garden. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, I think that's an important word here. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony, two more important words, such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. This is an example where Jesus is modeling to us what he told us to do in Matthew 6. He went off by himself to talk to God alone. Okay? And I believe he was very frank and very candid. He was begging for his life. He was saying, if he was talking in modern vernacular today, he would be saying, God, I really don't want to do this. Please don't make me do this. I don't want to. Please, please don't make this happen. But he also said, your will, not mine. And he was so candid and he was so frank about it, he was sweating blood. Now, I want to be clear about something here. If I was sitting in your seat and I heard me say, Matt, you can go ahead and be frank and candid, I would be tempted to go too far. There are times, I'll be honest, where I have conversations with people that I'm close with that I cross that line. I, do, I say things that I shouldn't say. Don't do that with the Lord. Remember who you're talking to. Okay, he is sovereign. Be frank, be honest, be direct, but do it with respect. Okay? Oh, I know. A little bit of a transition here one more sub point that i want to make as i wrap up my time here let's look at ephesians chapter 6 the new living translation again pray in the spirit at all times three important words and on every occasion three more important words stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. This leads me to my sub-point. It'll show up here on the screen as well. Develop the practice of praying in the background. Develop the practice of praying in the background. What Matt, what do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you. Anybody in here ever had a point in your life where somebody has walked up to you and said, Hey, um... Let me pick your brain about something. I need your opinion. I'm looking for some insight. Give me some advice. Anybody have that happen? Yeah, of course. We all have, right? When you are in that situation with that individual, are you, and I kind of like to think of it as back here in the back of your mind, are you praying in the background for the Lord to guide you as you go through this conversation? Are you saying, God, I want my response to be your response as I am helping Billy Bob Thornton, figure out how to act this scene. Whatever it might be. God, I want my response to be your response. What about, is anybody in the room ever experienced an, that somebody comes up to them and they're really, really honked off, and they just let into you? They rip you up one side and down the other side, and the worst part about it is you don't even deserve it. You haven't done anything wrong. It's, it's misplaced. Anybody ever experienced that? Do you pray in the background? For God, how do I respond? How do you want me to respond in this situation? Like Matt said, my wife and I and our family just transferred over here from Jackson Road. And we were starting to think about it last winter, about the possibility of making that change. And um, Matt and I actually met and had coffee in June and talked about what that might look like if we made the change. And part of that conversation was, Matt, what is your plan for up here on Sunday mornings? What do, you, what do you want to structure it like? What do you want it to look like? And one of the things he said is he wants to have a teaching team that's got six, seven, eight, nine people on it so that if he wants to take a week off, if he's on vacation, do some co-teachings, he's got a pretty deep bench that he can go to to help get things covered. And I said, You know, we can look at it a little bit further, but I might be interested in joining that team. That was roughly the middle of June. My life since then, it's been challenging. There's been a lot of attack. Ebbs and flow of life, you go through a time where things are good, you go through a time where things are rough. A lot of it is just the natural flow of life, a lot of it is spiritual warfare. That was June, July, August, September, three months I have a very healthy relationship, but over the last three months, maintaining that healthy relationship with my beautiful wife has been hard. It's been challenging. It's taken considerable effort on both of our parts to do that, okay? I have a four-year-old daughter. I love her to death. For about six weeks now, almost every single night, she has woken up in the middle of the night and refused to go back to bed. We tell her to go back to bed, she starts going berserk and wakes everybody up in the house. It lasts for a couple of hours. Everybody at home is tired. We're sleep deprived. You're laughing because you know exactly what that's like. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I'm not the only one here that's ever done that. Okay? Um, when you're in the middle of that hurt, that struggle, that you're in that muck, do you, practice the, do you develop the practice of praying in the background of saying, God, I need to rely on you God, I need to stop trying hard, like Josh said a few months ago, and I just need to rely on you. My energy and my efforts clearly are not getting me out of this. I can't do it. I need your help. Do you develop the practice of pain in the background while you're struggling like that? My time here is wrapping up, but I wanted to say thanks for letting me share. Just one quick review. Point number one, prayer is made simple because we're told where to pray. Thanks, guys. All right, let's give it
1: up for Matt. Thanks, buddy. So Matt and I were uh, putting putting this together uh, the last couple months. Man, I just thought that was really uh, super practical, the praying in the background thing, where to pray, stuff like that. So that's point number one. Point two, you can write this in. Prayer is made simple because we're told what to pray. What to pray. Uh, Get this from verse nine of the text says, love this, when the Bible is simple. Pray then like this. It's pretty simple. Pray then like this. And then it goes on to say, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Yeah, there's probably several of you in the room. You know what that is, right? Uh, Say it with me. It's the Lord's Prayer, right? We, we know that uh, many of us learned that when we were little tykes in Sunday school, like way back then, when, right? Those kind of things. And so I love this is that Jesus instructs us what to pray, right? Now, it doesn't, this doesn't mean that this is the only words we can ever say in prayer. That'd be a little weird, right? Like if that's the only thing that you pray ever, right? But what it does do, right? It gives us a, a guide or a style of prayer, All right. Um, I actually use the Lord's Prayer uh, in my daily Bible time. When I read the Bible, I read uh, after I read the Bible, I spend some time in prayer with God and I pray through the Lord's Prayer. And so I wanted to walk you through that this morning. Uh, The first line there says our father in heaven, our father in heaven. And so when I get to that point, I actually I, I say, God, I'm so glad you're a good dad. Many of you know that I didn't have the best dad. My dad was an alcoholic and he he made some things challenging in my life. But see, I have a heavenly father who is perfect. So God, I'm so grateful that you're a good dad. And and then I actually take that time to say, you know, God, like it's like the little kid who wants to know all the things about their, like, dad, teach me this, teach me that, teach me this. And I go, God, whatever percentage of knowledge I have of you, I may only know God 5%, right? Because God is big. But God, whatever percentage I know, I want to learn more about you. Let me know more about who you are. And then I get to this, hallowed be your name, which if you know, hallowed means greatly revered or or honored. And so that's what we talked about last week. That's the idea of worship. And so I take some time and I worship God in that moment. And then your kingdom come. I pray this every every time I, I do my prayer time in the morning, I say, God, I want your kingdom to come in my work, play, marriage, parenting, and leadership. Work, play, marriage, parenting, and leadership. I want your kingdom to come. I want, my, I want God's kingdom to come in my work. I want God's kingdom to come in my marriage. I want God's kingdom to come in my relationship with my kids. I want God's kingdom to come in being a leader of this church. I want God's kingdom to come. And then your will be done. Uh, when, I, when I get to that, I have in my notebook, I have see it and do it. And so at that point, I, I said, God, I want to see your will. I want to do your will. Help me see. And if I have a decision to make at that point, that's the point where I go, God, I need you direct the path. I want to see your will and do your will. Give us this, day, this, our daily bread. That's why when I get to that point, I go, all right, God, I want you to feed me something. Feed me something new today. Feed me something new spiritually. Um, forgive us our debts. This is not the fun part. This is where I got to think through the last 24, 48 hours. And I got to figure out, okay, God, where did I screw up? Where where did I mess up? Where where do I need to ask forgiveness from you? Because I I did some things that really put a a block in between you and I. I also then have to ask God if there's some things that I need to forgive other people for or I need to go then ask for forgiveness for. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is where I pray against the schemes of the enemy. If you don't know the enemy, he's crafty and he can do things and he can make things seem different things and all those kinds of things. And I, I pray for protection over me and my family. So what I do in this, this Lord's Prayer is I use this as a prayer guide, a guide for prayer. And it shapes my prayer life. Now, this is not the only model. Okay? I've, I've heard uh, other people use different things to, to guide their prayer time. I've heard people use the prayer of Jabez, for example. This is in 1 Chronicles 4.10. It says this, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, "Oh that you would bless me and enlarge my ter- ter- territory. Those are prayers for goodness to come. Let your hand be with me That's saying, hey, God, I want to be close to you. And keep me from harm. That's protection prayers so that I will be free from pain. That's uh, for physical health. And God granted his request. I've heard people do that. I've heard people also use Psalm 23 as a guide. Psalm 23, one through four, says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That's saying, God, you're good. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. These are prayers for peace and rest and low stress and rejuvenation. He guides me along the paths of his namesake. His guidance, that's for prayers for his guidance and his will to be done. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though the God, when their days are gonna to be tough, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, those are prayers for, God, thanks for being close and, and be close to me. Be my comforter. Those are prayers for protection. So I've, I've, I've seen people do that. The Lord's Prayer, the prayer of Jabez. But, but all of those things, they, they, they guide the prayer. They guide the prayer uh, and it, sets, uh, it follows the example that is set in our text today. So, what I'm trying to get at in all of these things is that ultimately, right, we're supposed to pray, and it doesn't matter what model you use, just find one and, and do it. Spend time in prayer. Find a model that works for you. A couple other ones that I wanted to make sure to mention. Some of you might be aware of these, these Will come up on the screen. These are the Acts prayer model or the Pray prayer model. Um, adoration and praise would be kind of the equivalent, okay? That's giving praise to who God is. Uh, confessing and repentance. Again, I was actually thinking about that in first service this morning. I was thinking, there was a time in my life that you, do you know we're actually supposed to confess our sins to God? It doesn't just happen by osmosis. Right, And so there was a season in my life that I, I prayed all the time, but I never confessed to God. And, and God said, hey, you're supposed to actually talk to me about those things. And so I had to start confessing my sin to God. Uh, supplication, which basically means humble or, or praying humbly, is basically kind of the same thing as yielding. Okay, And so the only two that uh, don't exactly line up are thanksgiving and asking, but I think you get the idea. Okay, Adoration, praise, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, pray. It, it's just a model that we might be able to use to help structure our prayer. Again, what I'm trying to get at is just do it, right? We've got to do it. So we'll find a model that works for us and do it. And so before I um, uh, kind of end, end out today, I wanted to kind of talk through as you do it, okay? And whatever prayer model you use, there's a couple of specific things that I think that are really important for us to include in our prayer. And you can write these things on your handout. It's actually come from our text as well. The first one is acknowledge God. Acknowledge God. God, it comes from the text, again, we already looked at this, uh, verse six, uh, chapter 6, verse 9 says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven. I learned it, uh, our Father who art in heaven. That's how I learned that, uh, to memorize that. But see, uh, like, I love in our text that it starts with God. Right? It all starts with God. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Acknowledge God. One of the ways that I do that, I mentioned when I get to the hallowed be your name portion of the Lord's Prayer, I I spend time worshiping God. And the way I worship God is I worship him through his covenant names. There are some names in the Bible that are been given uh, by circumstances in the scripture that are God's given names. And I'll actually put them up on the screen for you. The first one is Jehovah Jireh, The the Lord will provide. And so, so I, I worship God that he's the provider. And so the things that I pray, God, I'm so grateful to you. I worship you for giving, my, giving me my personality. God, I, I'm so, I worship you for giving, giving me my skills and the things that I'm good at. God, I, I, I'm so grateful to you that, that, that you've given me my, my wife because she's smoking hot. Um, no, but. but I do, I say, God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my kids. I think that given, you have provided me these amazing human beings to take care of in this life. God, God, I thank you for my house and I worship you for my house. And, and even when I get to this point in the prayer, um, I, I kind of go really crazy with it. Like I, I, I go, God, um, I thank you for my house. I thank you for my car. I thank you for my van. It's rusting out on the bottom, but it's still great. Um, but, then I, but then I pray this prayer too. I say, God, like, like I want your favor on my house. I want your favor on my roof. I want your favor on my air conditioning units. I want your favor on my septic tank. I want your favor on, on the furnace, on the boiler, on the, on the furnace. I want your favor, God, on, on my cars, on the tires, on the, on the transmission. I want your favor on, 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 the, uh, on the engine. God, I want your favor on this stuff because I don't, I don't want to spend money on that, that stuff. I want to spend money on things that you care about. So God, I want your favor, because you're Jehovah Jireh, you can provide. Make it last longer, God. And then I pray, this, this next one is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. And I worship God that he's the healer. And so there's actually a lady here at the church. Her name is Margie. And every time I've been praying that prayer over the last couple months, I said, God, you're the healer. I worship you that you're the healer. God, I pray for Margie that she, we all are gonna worship you because you're gonna heal Margie. And I, uh, next one is Jehovah Rohi. the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who guides and directs the path. And God, you're the one. You're the one who guides and directs. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He's the ever-present God. I worship him that he will never leave me, that he'll never uh, forsake me. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. He's the one that can bring victory when we can't bring victory ourselves. The next one is Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord who sanctifies. That means he sets us apart. And so, God, I worship you that you have set me apart for your purposes and I want to continue to be in that, those purposes. Next one is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. How many of you are thankful that a God can bring peace in the midst of challenging circumstances? And then this last one, Jehovah sick can knew the Lord our righteousness. And that one is a very humbling one for me. I worship God in the fact that, that um, there's nothing good in me and there's only good in me because of him. So I worship him that he's given me goodness in my life. So what I do in those moments is that, is that I acknowledge God's power and his ability all in these covenant names that were given to him and that are in the Bible. And then the next thing, uh, you can actually write this in on your handout as well. This is the next thing I think we need to acknowledge. Pray big. Pray big in our prayers. Whatever we model we use, pray big. Uh, this goes back in our text. We already mentioned this. touched on this a little bit, but I want to dig deeper into it. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the idea is your kingdom come. See, the, the kingdom of God is, is a big deal. It's a pretty big thing. And so it's telling us to pray big for the kingdom of God to come and to see heaven come to earth. See, there's something that is, not, uh, that is known as the now and the not yet. We're told that we can see the kingdom of heaven now, pieces of it now. We'll see it in the future. Not yet, we have not gotten there, but we'll see it in the future. At some point down the road, we'll see it in its fullness. But right now we can pray for the kingdom to come now. And so folks, I wanna encourage you to pray big. Pray big. Pray, I wrote some things on my notes. Pray for life change. Pray for mountains to be moved. Pray for things that are impossible to become possible. Pray for healing. Pray for physical healings. I've seen it happen. In the last four months, we've seen backs healed, knees healed, feet healed. The kingdom God has come. Pray for emotional healing. Pray for relational healing. Pray for big prayers of temptation to subside. You know, the God God of the universe is a finisher. There are sometimes you could have struggled with something for your entire life. This is extra, by the way. This, this didn't happen in first service. So God is a finisher. Like sometimes you've been praying, you've been praying for something, you've, you've been going after something, you've been struggling with something for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's done. On the cross, he said, it is finished. And so pray for that. Pray for the temptation to go. Sorry, I'm getting very passionate this morning. Pray for spiritual warfare. Pray against the schemes of the enemy. Invite the kingdom of God in your situation rather than his schemes. We can't be afraid to pray big, bold, audacious goals and prayers. There's a, there's a, a quote by Mark Batterson. He's the lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. It says this. It says, God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Amen. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Because then we're trusting in Him to do all the things. He has nothing to do with me. Doesn't have anything to do with Bill. It Has everything to do with the God who can do amazing things. And He, can, he said, "The Bible says we can ask that mountain to go from there to there, and it'll be done in the name of Jesus." So we got to pray big. Last thing, write down: pray small. We also have to pray small. This comes from uh, the, the part of our text in verse 11 that says, uh, give us this day our daily bread. And, and again, I already mentioned this, that this is one of those things I like, all right, God, give me something supernatural, spiritual in my life to feed me and then miss that. But I think sometimes this could also be uh, prayers for meals, right, uh, prayers for meals. I, I, I think that uh, daily sustenance, that's praying small because I think at least for us in America, right, most of us aren't gonna be really worried about having some food later on today, right? Right. And so that, that's generally praying small. So for, I, I just want to, I think, encourage you to pray, pray small, pray for the, if you're a student in the room, pray for the A on the test, right? Pray, pray for you guys for, for a great night's sleep. I know Matt's going to pray for that tonight, right? <laughs> pray for a great night's sleep. Like these small prayers are super important to God too, just as much as the big ones. John 14, 13 says, uh, and 14 says, I will do whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name so that the father might be glorified in the son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So, there was actually a season of my life where uh, I was really kind of practicing this pray small thing uh, pretty significantly. Um, there was a season where Lee and I, when we would go to bed at night, we, before we'd go to sleep, we would pray together. And so, uh, as we began to pray together, uh, I would pray first, which was Leah's mistake because then she never got to talk because I just kind of kept praying. Um, but, man, I tell you what, I would, I would begin to pray. And, and I would just I would just pray about everything I could think of. To the finest, to the, the littlest tiny detail that literally when Leah said, okay, it's your turn to pray, and she would say, Okay, God, um, there's nothing left for me to pray. <laughs> and I think there were that God had me go through that season of my life to realize there's there's something significant in the small prayers, not just the big prayers. There's something significant in the big prayers, but there's also things that are significant in the little prayers. And so I think if we do that, if we can pray big, if we can acknowledge God, if we can pray for the small things, folks, in whatever model we can uh, attach ourselves to, I think we'll see some serious God activity around us. Amen? Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website
1: at cornerstonevineyard.church.